This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about kids and video games and keeping your kids safe online. This one hits close to home for me. I got teenage boys at home. They're gamers. Uh, They enjoy playing video games online with their friends. I've worried in the past about uh, them being exposed to child sexual predators are these online video games a virtual hunting ground for child predators on the internet? Brand new report out from the New York Times this week talked about how video games online uh, are attracting a predators who groom and attract uh, children online. In some cases, there have been court cases where uh, predators have contacted not just hundreds, but thousands of kids online through video games let's check in now with jesse miller from mediated reality it's a media education company i'm very pleased to welcome him back to the show hi jesse mike how are you i'm great thanks a lot for coming on my kids play video games and they play the online games you know the video games have changed a whole lot since i was a kid or probably since you were a kid jesse i mean you know kids are online wearing headphones they're they're interacting with their friends online they're on chat chat groups online where they're playing the games and it it just seems wide open to abuse by predators online how bad is it well it can be toxic and it can be very dangerous for youth who are not aware of those dangers um video gaming's been around and constant for the past 40 years i mean it went from the static idea of being in a corner store and popping corner quarters into a machine to actually the safe relative experience of sitting at home and playing a video game where parents actually probably felt a little bit better that their child was not in that corner store and playing a game at home uh, to where we are now where those games have evolved to anybody being able to communicate with anyone who's in the same space. And uh, I think some of those traditional lessons around stranger danger and understanding what people's intentions can be even when they sound and seem like the best of friends uh, very much is paramount for parents before they're buying a system for their children. One of the scary things about this is you could have a predator online who who pretends to be another kid, right? So they strike up a conversation with a, with a child, gradually build trust with that kid as they play a video game, and and the child has no idea that the other end of the of the computer line is a sexual predator, right? Is that one of the problems? Yeah, of course. And the reality of this is, is predation doesn't necessarily know any any development of generation. We've always had predators. Uh, we just have new generations of children who don't get common sense education about what those people and their tactics look like. So in yeah. 2016, we saw the FBI release this big report about predators using gaming as an avenue to get, get access to kids. But it right. seems like every three or four years with some new trend in gaming, the same alert pops up where we're not using the common sense to really engage children in what they're doing with with people in these spaces and even though it might seem like the best and nicest of people uh parent and caregiver due diligence does require you to put a little bit of effort in to figure out who your children potentially are talking to and if it is somebody who is grooming and developing a relationship giving your child the tools to understand where those red flags might be is paramount okay it's tough for parents though isn't it i mean when their kids are playing online video games like my kids are playing you know i'm not monitoring my kid every every second of every day when they're online so how do i know who they're talking to how do i know what they're being exposed to i mean i've i've talked to my own kids right i mean you know like when you're online have you ever, have you ever had anyone say anything inappropriate to you uh you know and sometimes they just roll their eyes and just like come on dad we're not stupid you know we we know we can we know how to be safe online 
But I don't know. It's tough for parents, isn't it? It, it can be. And I, and I think it goes to that point of having comfortable and, and transparent conversations with your kids about why this is an important piece of, of conversation. Yeah. I think if we introduce traditional sports to the conversation and highlight, you know, driving home after a hockey game or soccer game, you're not necessarily in the safety of that car introducing a conversation to your child about predation and what grooming looks like because um, you're actively involved in the sidelines, but you only really open up healthy dialogues about behavior when you see a red flag uh, in those spaces or you hear some correlating story in the media. So within gaming, because it's so pervasive and the access is so readily available for anybody to talk to anyone, um, maybe this is one of those places where parents might get an eye roll, but really introducing healthy conversations for the purpose of safety is a lot better than doing it after the fact. And sometimes what we see is parents blaming their children for the the disclosures, and that's not healthy in any way, shape, or form. Speaking to Jesse Miller from Mediated Reality, I think maybe some parents out there might think the biggest danger is if you have maybe a child sexual predator out there who tries to gain the trust of a kid online and then wants to meet the kid face-to-face later. But maybe the more common threat is a predator trying to convince a kid to share explicit photos and videos of themselves. Yeah, very much so. And what we see is that leveraging of power. So uh, you might see grooming based on age and and peer base, and then the disclosure that photographs will be used to shame or or put a person in a space where they're being compelled to share more information. Uh, What really, at the end of the day, parents need to be able to understand is that when they talk to their kids about these grooming behaviors, we do have to be transparent about the realities of how people might use that power. And in British Columbia, a couple of years ago, we saw an international student, excuse me, who um, who very much fell victim to this idea that they were talking to a peer and the photos and, and content were shared over a gaming platform. But then after the disclosure of it being actual adults who were trying to get Bitcoin and money transfers, the child then felt compelled to go and talk to a school counselor. We don't need to see kids going and talking to a counselor after the fact of peril. It should be an open conversation before something happens where they're prepared to say no and make sure that that information doesn't travel out. Okay, are there any particular games that are more, I don't know, make kids more vulnerable? Because like, I often think of something like Minecraft, which little kids would play and just seems like kind of a very benign game without any real disgusting, violent content in it or something. A lot of kids will play Fortnite, another very popular one. Like, you know, these games are not like Grand Theft Auto with really adult content on it. But I mean, kids can be targeted on these on these on these real simple games too, right? Yeah, and I think it goes to the, the predator's comfort zone. If if we're looking at somebody who's trying to target children under ten, they're being more inclined to go to a space where kids under that age will be online. Yeah. And so, what I always tell parents is, if your kids using Minecraft or Roblox using the educational pieces where the school is helping guide the environment uh, and it's a closed space, that's, that's key. It shouldn't be open on the internet where anybody can talk to a minor child under the age of 10. But in that space where we start to see parents saying, oh, it's not a big deal, it's just a video game, when we do see kids 11, 12, 13 playing more of those violent games that are rated 18+, plus, the online environment isn't regulated for those children. So what parents need to consider is the age that their children are and the games they're playing and what it means for that child to experience experience the space where, yes, maybe it's a peer and maybe it's a kid who's a couple of years older, but if they're playing an online game rated 18+, plus, the environment is going to be adults, and they have to be aware of that. Right. Can, can the cops catch these people? I mean, if these, if these predators are out there, is there any sort of case law or precedent 
where these predators are are being caught and they're being put in jail? I mean, I think it's what parents would like to see. Well, ideally, we're, we're looking at seeing how kids are reporting. And in that, there are a number of events where, and I get, and going back to the idea of correlation with media, when we hear a story about people being arrested or a large police sting, that's where more of this awareness does evolve. But the reality of it is, is that uh, there's always going to be environments where somebody is, is demonstrating poor and, and poor choices and poor behavior towards minors. And whether it's bullying or whether it's luring, the more a child knows that it's safe to report it and whether it's to a trusted adult at school or a trusted adult at home or even to the systems themselves, reporting, blocking, and then doing a follow-up to make sure that that person isn't just going and, and talking to other kids that's the best resource that we have. And so in that, whether it's a school police officer or an international body of investigators working to identify large threats to safety um, or conglomerates where information is being shared, the more kids know that they can talk to a trusted adult and bring that, that disclosure forward, they're going to be the best upstanders we have. I guess Jesse Miller from Mediated Reality. We're talking about online video games and keeping kids safe. Your calls to them, 604 604- Two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight star ninety eight ninety eight toll free on your cell. Carol in Richmond. Hi. Hi. Hi there. What would you like to say? Uh, yeah. Well, um, my neighbor girl was targeted uh, by uh, a child predator on one of the games that you mentioned that children in elementary school play. Um, was in a chat room, and one of my sons noticed that they were having inappropriate conversation. And what it turned out was he was, he had sent her a photo of a young person. She had been FaceTiming with him, but he said his camera didn't work, was oh. grooming her and wanted to meet up with him. Oh, um, yeah. And we reported it to the police and it went through the police and everything. And it did turn out to be true. He was a predator in the U.S. Wow. How old was this yeah. girl? I, I was trying to remember about sixth grade or so. Oh, man. Yeah, so this guy was the server, and he was posing as a young, good-looking guy, lonely, young-looking, good-looking guy, and, you know, she fell for it. Well, good for your son. Did you say it was your son that noticed this? Yeah, my son's pretty clever with computers, and he noticed that they were having inappropriate um, conversations in the chat room, and he brought it to my attention, and, um, yeah, and I... I could tell that, that something was going on. And uh, from then on, like the police investigated it. And yes, all that grooming was going on. Well, good for your son. He's, I think he sure did the right thing there. Do you know what happened in that case, Carol? Did, you said that they catch the guy? I think so, but I can't say for sure. I think so. He, um, from what I understand, he was an ex-con and he was in the States and he was caught in a sting. I think it went through the FBI and he was eventually caught. Carol, thanks for calling in and, and sharing that story. Uh, Jesse, what do you think of that? Well, it, it's great to hear that another kid noticed the behavior. Yeah. Um, what, what you see there is that traditional discourse of, of action. A person connects, there's photographs, there's FaceTime conversations, there's, there's more and more invitation. Um, what, what's, what's hard here, Mike, is that we have to keep in mind that predation exists. It's not going away. Uh, any environment can become, become a, a, a place where people choose to demonstrate these behaviors. And so if we didn't get rid of parks or playgrounds when it came to predators and 
luring, we got to that point where we had to educate kids. And so not only seeing a kid in this situation opening up and saying, hey, I think there's something inappropriate going on, but then getting police involved. I mean, those are all the right steps to not only addressing the issue, but really then continuing the education as a family value. And so uh, when we hear the idea of, of, of a very simple space like Minecraft then being abused, there is oversight from uh, Microsoft and that you just have to get to that stage where you report those things that are occurring and make sure that the kids that are involved have the right tools. Right, for sure. And one of the more troubling aspects of this that is addressed in the New York Times article that we were discussing earlier are these really disturbing sextortion cases where you might have a predator who's posing as another kid, convinces a kid to send uh, an inappropriate photo to the predator, and then the predator tries to basically extort the kid, right? Like saying, you better send me more photos or I'm going to release this photo on the internet or I'm going to tell your school or I'm going to tell your parents. That is a terrifying prospect for parents. And I certainly had my conversations with my own kids about never, ever send some sort of a nude photo or some kind of a photo of yourself without clothes on. Just do not do that. I mean, what what would you recommend there, Jesse, for talking to your kids about to prevent something like that from happening? Well, you have to look at the vulnerability of where these kids now become um, scared. And so in that, it is the association of shame to that yeah. photograph. Um, any type of relationships that we see in teenage uh, uh, spaces, we obviously go to this place where they can now share images entirely differently than any generation that came before them. Um, so what we see in some campaigns is a lot of shame around the idea of never do this. It's only going to bring you trouble. And the scary part here is that when kids do make mistakes with uh, images that they send to people they trust, whether it be a boyfriend, girlfriend, or anything in between, um, it usually comes back to this point of parents saying, I told you this would happen. And so the hard part within kids disclosing to a parent is that sometimes they fear that that's going to be the answer back and there's not going to be any support. So they might actually feed into what this predator is trying to extort out of a child, which means parents will find it, they'll be, they'll be ashamed of you, this will become problematic for you in school, so you better send me more. Mm-hmm. What parents need to be doing is be the safest place for your child to disclose a mistake and whether it involves right. a picture or talking to somebody don't push your child further down the rabbit hole to the clutches of somebody who's going to exploit them make sure that oh. you're the safest place they can talk about anything okay I, I think that's awesome advice what about um is, is there any kind of software you can install on your computer that would say monitor chats and and highlight inappropriate dialogue is that possible Yeah, so full disclosure, I'm on the advisory board of an app called Boomerang, and there's a safe uh, browser, and there's lots of products out there like it. Um, But when it comes down to blocking content, it's one that I even use in my home just so that some of the more innocuous content doesn't appear on the screen, and it just just puts up a barrier for a certain age group of child. But the reality within it is that it doesn't matter if it's open Wi-Fi, it doesn't matter if it's at school, kids are going to find their way onto the internet. And so what you're looking for are those red flag behaviors, and it's not just one computer, it's the idea that the tools your kids use to get online, whether it be a video game, phone, um, they need to know that those are part of a family uh, uh, collective and the way that families use these tools. And that uh, when something negative happens in that space, talking about it is, is not a bad thing. Okay. But uh, if you are having some issues with kids involving aspects of technology, any of those uh, programs or, or safer Internet tools will be beneficial. Jesse, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. That is Jesse Miller, Mediated Reality. It's a media education company.